0: everybody, and welcome to 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey Radio. I'm your host, TJ Branson, and with me, as always, is Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. So we're back at you guys after a week off in which um, Desi was sick last week. It just – we just couldn't find the time to do it. So now we got uh, we got two weeks to go over, and that's a lot of content, so we're going to get right into it now. Uh, big ones, the injuries at least. You got Austin Matthews. I mean, this is on the tip of everybody's tongue right now. <sighs> And I know, Zach, that you might be one of one of the more one of the more pissed off people in the world about this one. Um, he left Saturday night's game with a shoulder injury. He was hit by Jacob Truba. Uh, I think it was his left shoulder, but uh, he did not return for the third. The Maple Leafs were rolling lines of Marlow, codri and Marner, Hyman Tavares and Kapanen, Ennis Lindholm and Brown, and then Lievo and Gautier on the back end. Um, Babcock reported that it is the shoulder issue. As we know now, it's going to be four weeks minimum, and I think shoulder injuries are usually like four to six weeks. Um, It's not going to require surgery, so that is one shred of good news that's coming out of this one here. So, I mean, in the meantime, you got the lines we were just talking about. Um, Kadri obviously gets a boost here. Kapanen, I would say he kind of stands pat. I mean, he goes from playing with Austin Matthews, all world, and then you got John Tavares, all world. So Kapanen's still in a pretty good spot. Do you think this kind of presses the needle a little bit for um for the Nylander thing? Do you think they're going to go a few games, see if they can hang, or is this going to put more pressure on Dubas to get this thing done?
1: I mean, it almost – this is probably the best – as much as it sucks to say, yeah, it's probably I mean, the best thing that could have happened for Nylander. You probably got Nylander
0: now, over in Sweden God. just, like, wringing his hands like a freaking villain.
1: <laughs> With, like, petting a cat next to him. Yeah. You know, like –
0: you never be happy about somebody going down, but, I mean, it's got to make Neilander feel a little bit better. He's got a little more leverage, to say the least.
1: Well, it's more than the no leverage he had before when they were kicking ass, so yeah. that's for sure. But, yeah, it it definitely hurts. There's obviously he's going to be owned in every league. If he's not, then I I don't know what kind of stats you have that you're looking for, but, uh, yeah, it, it hurts. So, I mean, I have to try to make these next couple of weeks work and still try to if if I go in these in these four weeks that he's out if, if I go two and two I'll be I'll be happy because I mean he's been a yeah, big part a- of what I'm doing if, if I go three and one I'm very happy
0: he is pointless in four so it's a little bit strange I think the Maple Leafs have not scored a power play point in I think it's like four games now they're like 0 for 13 or something like that something's got to give. So, I mean, they did come back down to earth and they came kind of crashing hard. Um, Went from scoring like four and a half goals a night to, I mean, they're still scoring, but just not as much as they were. Um, Well,
1: he was a big part of that power play and that's the thing. So uh, he always played that bumper position. And for those of you that don't know what the bumper is, it's the player that's out in front of the goalie, the kind of like high, low guy that they'll pass it into and he'll pass it out. Um, do the deflection stuff like that. So now with him not being there, um it from what I've seen it's been mostly John Tavares, yeah, which Tavares at least which guy. at least which at least he has experience doing that considering he did it for years at the for the Islanders. But on that top power play, who really else are you going to have do it? Mitch Marner is a small body guy. He cannot be a bumper. Zach Hyman is a small body guy. Not going to be a bumper. Kasperi Kapanen is not huge either. You know what I mean? So who else is going to do it? It has to be John Tavares, which also kind of hurts you because it works so well with having John Tavares on the outside and having Austin Matthews as that bumper because you had two elite guys at two different positions and you could have John Tavares just sniping shots. And a lot of times he would get those power play points being on that back door and picking up a, uh, picking up like deflections and picking up rebound goals and putting and stuffing them in on power play. So like it kind of changed their power play in a big fucking way.
0: Yeah. Kasperi Kapanen jumps up to that first unit. Um, As I remember, I don't even think he was getting second power play time. I I think he just jumped himself right up to the top unit now. So I'm thinking if there's ever a time for Kasperi Kapanen or Nazem Kadri, you guys want to, if you guys want to sell high on these guys, these next few weeks are going to be those times to do it. I mean, they're going to, they're going to be leaning on these guys a lot more heavily. Um, they're going to pad their stat sheets. So this is definitely a good time for Kasperi captain owners, Nazem Kadri owners, number one, to ride the wave of offense. That's going to need to come through them or um, a sell high opportunity where you might be able to uh, move up from a Nazem Kadri or Kasperi, Kapanen, Kasperi Kapanen would be the more, Interesting one here because of the hopefully inevitable Nylander coming back, and Kapanen's value is just going to go out the door at that rate, or at least that's what everybody thinks. But yeah, I I I mean he's proven that he's
1: consistent enough to um, to get time on the ice.
0: Yeah, whichever one of these guys you have on the third line is, I mean that's still a scary third line. So, all right, uh, let's move into another one of your players in our um, in our our money league the Battle of the Bastards. Um, Jonathan Quick, uh, not sure how much this is going to hurt your team, if anything, because the stats were never good to begin with. But um, John Rosen, L.A. Kings insider, and uh, Lisa Dillman at The Athletic L.A. say that Quick has suffered an up, upper body injury. And it's not the same injury or anything being re-aggravated like that. He's going to be re-evaluated. And uh, today it did come out that he's somewhere between day-to-day and week-to-week. Um Closer to day to day than week to week. Budai got called up. Jack Campbell is going to be uh, once again leaned on as the starter or the de facto starter at least in in his absence. This is probably going to be a week. You know, it it's something that happened in practice. It's not something that uh, you can point any single finger to. I read that um, he that he went through the whole practice and then at the end he was like, "Yo, something's wrong." Like there there was nothing that it wasn't a shot that was like boom something's not right then and there it's just kind of like i, I don't know how to describe it because i mean number one i'm not jonathan quick but anyway um there's no real definition I just, to his i describe
1: yet. it as a negative situation for all jonathan quick owners like myself i don't know i don't know about you guys but we're i mean we're starting to get like into the heart of the season and people are going to get hit by the injury bug uh, I know my team is right there. Um, I've started out really good in, in both my leagues. And, uh man, this is a bad time to get a whole slew of fucking injuries.
0: Another big one is Victor Hedman. Um,
1: Finally, we're moving on to one of your players. About fucking time.
0: Well, I did trade him for uh, P.K. Subban and other pieces. But uh could have been better timing on my part. But he did take a hard hit from Ryan Reeves. It wasn't so much the, the hit that looked like it was the the hard part. It was him. He kind of like landed against the wall and the ice right in the corner of the boards there. Some are somewhere over there. So he's going to be reevaluated um, sometime this week. And uh, yeah, I think up to the minute, I haven't heard anything new about him. Um, Sergachev played a quick shift on the top power play. Ryan McDonough has been seeing some power play time up on the top unit as well. Either one are kind of worth is gonna be owned. McDonough might not be. So it could be worth a like a daily stream, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold McDonough for a week, you know what I mean? Just because Hedman's out.
1: Yeah, McDonough isn't exactly one of those guys that's gonna go out and get you a, a ton of points and stuff like that. But I will say he is a hell of a defenseman.
0: Yeah, it's he's he, definitely he's more a, of a defenseman. He's a
1: good NHL defenseman, you know what I mean? Like he's not as much as a good fantasy defenseman, he's a good NHL defenseman. In fact, I saw I was watching one of their games the other night. He had some really good plays. He he saved them at least two goals from what I saw. Where he he actually he stopped two two on ones by himself. Decent. So, but that ain't going to help you in fucking fantasy.
0: Yeah, outside of like the hits or blocks, you might you might be able to get. um, I'm not looking at him for anything. Uh, The next one we got is Max Pacioretty. Uh, He was one of my by-low candidates. I mean, he was was not looking too good. He's got like one goal, and I think it was on the power play. Um, He got bumped down to the second power play, and then he winds up going out day-to-day with an upper body injury. He left Friday's game, the same one as uh, Victor Hedman went down in, um, and he collided with Braden Coburn. So it looks like he almost took a shoulder to the chin, but hopefully it's nothing serious like a concussion or anything like that. Um, We're going to follow this one closely, but – No new news has come out about it. Uh, Thomas Heike has been on the left side between Eric Halla and Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, another guy that that made a return, and he did it pretty loudly.
1: Yeah, he he started out really good getting those two goals. I like Alex Tuck. I told you before I liked him at the end of last year. I said he was going to have a breakout year this year. He started out hurt, unfortunately so we'll see where this goes because now he's going to really have to shoulder that second line with Eric Halla who really hasn't done too much to start the season either. In fact, he's probably on a lot of people's waiver wires. He might be worth picking up this week. Uh, see what he does, see how he see how he rolls with Tuck. Um, but they're going to have to do something with Patches being out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thomas Heiko, we'll we'll see how he does. I mean, Tuck right now, he's 7% in ESPN, 19% in uh, Yahoo. He's right wing strict, but he does have points in two of his last three games. He's got two goals in the last game um, and a power play assist the game before that. And this is all on Jesus. He had an eight shot game, which is pretty good. So 19 shots in three games. So that's something you want to see from somebody with a high shot volume like that. He's even thrown a little bit of hits in there. He's got five in the, in those three games and a couple blocks.
1: Well, he's a big guy. He's a big guy that has great hands. Uh,
0: somebody that is on my team is Alex Edler. I don't have an IR spot available for him, but I am holding on to him. I tore an MCL that's going to keep him out three to six weeks. And uh, like I said, it, it hits kind of close to home here. I was able to snag him um, late in most of my drafts. I think I have him in like three or four out of – out of my multiple leagues. He's been outstanding. It's kind of like this underappreciated fantasy blue liner. He led the league in block shots before he went out. He had five assists in 10 games, three of which are on the power play. And he went down due to a hard hit from uh, a So, I mean, mean, yeah, patch goes down. Adler goes down. It's all going full circle already. Uh, Derek Pouliot did get a try on that top unit. And Troy Stetcher is on the second. Um, Troy Stetcher I'm not too interested in this guy. He is, um, how do I want to say this. He's sixth amongst their defensemen, their active defensemen in time on ice. So this is a guy that's not really, he's kind of the bottom of the totem pole there. You got Derek Pouliot, uh, Michael Delzato, even who was a healthy scratch, not many games ago. um, Could even be in line above Troy Stetcher. So I'm not really looking at Derek Pouliot. In the meantime, I'm not looking at Troy Stetcher. This is just one. You got kind of got to bite the bullet here. There's nothing good coming out of this one.
1: And I just straight up don't like Michael Delzato, So
0: Yeah. Yeah, he can suck it. Uh, yeah. Sven, Sven Screw Berch-
1: you, dude.
0: Um, things just keep getting worse for Vancouver. Um, like, they're getting a good amount of guys back. It's kind of like this revol- revolving door of injuries that's going on right now. Um, after a really solid start, Sven Berchy is on the IR as well. He's dealing with a concussion. And at the very least, he won't be back until Friday's game at Colorado. Now, I'm not saying that's when he's going to be back, but or that it's like even remotely likely, but that is when the minimum requirements for IR designation are going to be over. It's like IR is one week minimum. So the very earliest he can play is Friday. Uh, Nikolai Goldobin has been on the top line in the interim, playing with Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser now. But Horvat moves down to the second line. Um, Tori Krug, I believe he... Yeah, so Torrey Krug will make his season debut tonight against the Hurricanes. He did get activated from IR... Yeah, as, as somebody who's like a higher-end defenseman, this is somebody that I'm, I'm putting right back into my lineup, um, making the necessary moves to get him out of IR. Um, now's the time to do it. It's, I mean, he's going to play tonight. So, yeah, uh, Pekka Rene. Uh, he was not taken off IR after the seventh day, but he is apparently getting closer. Um, UC Saros has been kind of like on and off in in the meantime. He won a couple. He lost a couple.
1: Pekka Rene has has definitely been has definitely been practicing. Um, I actually watched some tape of his, him practicing, so he he is looking to come back soon. But I honestly thought that that UC Soros did pretty decent with Pekka Rene being out. He at least held them in some games. Yes, I mean, hey, you're going to lose some games being in the NHL, but uh, it looks like Rene will be back soon. Hopefully by the end of this week.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Maxime Comtois, another one here. Uh, he is day to day and landed on IR. Um, it's kind of hard to say that anybody is going to be taking his spot in the lineup. The Ducks' lines are always in flux. You got Nick Ritchie sometimes playing on the top line with Etzla and Raquel. Um, Cogliano is with Kessler and Isaac Lundestrom, and you got Ben Street, Henrik, and Aberg on the on the third line there. Um, Gibbons, Sam Steele, and Sherwood on the fourth line. So,
1: but remember that Silverberg is back.
0: Yeah, so that that's just going to even. Um, that's just gonna mess the lines up even more as okay, real quick.
1: did you see that goal that Aberg had the other day though oh yeah oh that yeah fucking, Sick stuff. that fucking dangle that he had where he oh yeah he juked out the defenseman and the goalie at the same time and then just put it into a wide open net it
0: yeah, was crazy dirty. it
1: it was one of the best goals I've seen all year
0: okay so get this um as of the warm ups of yesterday Monday night um Henrique was on the left wing. Between gets or uh with Getlev and Raquel. So a natural center is playing left wing all of a sudden. Cagliano, Kessler, and Sherwood. Then you got Auberg, Steele, and Silverberg, then Blantese, Lundestrom, and Givens. So they are literally putting all their centers on the wing, all their wingers in the center. They don't care what you're used to playing. They're just they're just it, they're just taking names out of a hat. They got Raquel and Geslav stapled <laughs> to the first line, and then everything else is just up in the air. So uh to be honest with you, I'm done talking about um I'm done talking about Red Wings line changes. I'm done talking about um the Ducks line changes. It's different every goddamn day. And the Rangers too. They're these guys, they have no idea what they're doing. Or even what they want to do. All right. So moving past that one. Do you got anything else to add on that?
1: No, other than the fact that I'm excited for uh Silverberg to be back, except my uh the guy that I have been holding. I've been holding Maxime Comtois
0: yeah he was uh, a streamer yeah, I, looking like a hold,
1: yeah I picked him up as a streamer, and I've been holding on to him, and then now he now he's out day to day. I still do have him i I've held on to him because I wanna see what happens, but it seems like every time a guy is day to day for me, he moves to the i r within a couple of days,
0: yeah, seven points in ten games he was he was looking really good yeah
1: um, he' but he's down to dance,
0: <laughs> so next up we got Tyson jost. Uh, this is just kind of a lower uh, tier one here. He's not really on anybody's fantasy radar, but he is the fifth piece on the Colorado top power player. At least he was. Uh, Marco Dano is now that fifth piece as Joe sits with a head injury. Tyson Jost. he only had nine shots in 11 games, two points. And his time on ice was under 14 minutes. He doesn't have much value, but it's still worth noting because he does get that top power play deployment. Andre so, Kasha. What's up? I was going to say the thing
1: about Tyson Jost is like, I find it odd because they had they had such high hopes for him, and he went from being like a um, expected to be like a really good young player, and then he turned into a reclamation project. And now, what is he?
0: Well, it took it took um, McKinnon how many how many seasons to to finally break out. Maybe that'll maybe that'll happen with Tyson Jost. Maybe. Not, I mean, not to that caliber, but it still could be something. He just needs to shoot. That's what you got to do. He's not shooting. Um, Andre Kasha. He was concussed in the preseason. He has joined the Ducks on the road trip, uh, although he did not play. Kasha did not practice last weekend, but we're seeing him on the road, which kind of shows some signs of hopes. Uh, the Ducks are strong. They're strongly in need of wingers at the moment, and Kasha's return is going to be obviously awesome for them. Um, he's probably going to jump right into a top six role quickly. I would think Some, I mean
1: somewhere as a centerman, right? Somewhere
0: yeah, either he's gonna be a center or a fucking D man. Who knows? You never know. I mean, these guys, Kasha was always a third line guy, but um just with how much they need it, uh I would think that maybe they could get Nick Ritchie off the top line, you know, for every third game they play and uh and maybe give him a shot and get Henrique back to center on the third line. Yeah, Kasha hasn't been practicing, but your wingers on the second line are Cogliano and Sherwood. So I would think Kasha could probably take over Sherwood. Uh, he could take over Gibbons on the fourth line, Blandisi. And obviously there's a left wing on the first line open if Henrik can get back to his normal position of center. Jake Allen, another one that I kind of parallel to Jonathan Quick. He was not doing so great. He left Saturday's game after both Zach Sanford and Brandon Saad collided with him. Uh, Chad Johnson finished the game. And, uh... Billy Huso, I think, was called up as their backup. But anyway, there's nothing new about Jake Allen coming out. Alexander Radulov is the next guy we want to talk about. He's going to play tonight. So this is a guy that's not injured anymore. He's going to play tonight. Andres Nilsson, he's going to miss two to three weeks with a fractured finger. Um, the timeshare or kind of goalie battle that was going on between him and Jacob Markstrom is, at least for the time being, it's over. Vancouver has two back-to-backs in the next month. So even if he does stay out for the full three weeks or even maybe longer to four weeks, uh, Markstrom is going to be getting a lot of those starts. They did not call up Thatcher Demko. They did not call up um, Michael DiPetrio, DiPetrio, whatever it is. Um, There's a guy by the name of Richard Bachman, which I'm pretty sure was the guy that taught me guitar in high school. Um, But anyway, he was called up. He played five games for the Canucks in 16 and 17 Didn't get any NHL time last year. Um, So the one back-to-back that's in two weeks from now, um, the Canucks are going to play the Isles and the Rangers in two days back-to-back. So you're looking at Bachman to get that one start for sure and Markstrom to probably get a heavy bulk of the starts like otherwise.
1: I almost want to grab him and put him on my team just so my team name can be Richard Bachman Overdrive.
0: Dick Bachman Overdrive. All right um, let's get back into uh, let's get into some of these guys who have some returned. good news what do you some think good
1: about news that? we're gonna do some good news now. I'm all yeah, about yeah. good news I'm, I, I like returns especially because I, I had a couple uh, so did you so I'll start with the first one and then you can jump in because I know you're excited about the second. oh yeah Elias Pedersen coming back from that injury scare that he had when he got that um, his dick kicked in. Uh he, he did. He he got rocked. Um but he's re- he returned last Saturday uh playing the pens. And now he's gonna be centering that top line with Brock Besser. Um and that's where he's gonna be. He's a top line guy, top power play guy. Um unfortunately for owners of Bo Horvat, like myself, he's gonna be dropped down uh to the second line now, which At least he'll still have top power play time, Beau Horvath. Um, However, he's going to be playing with uh, Tim Schaller, I believe, and Marcus Granlund.
0: Who? Fucking who?
1: Tim Schaller and Marcus Granlund? Never heard of them. You've heard of Marcus Granlund?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm just being an asshole. Basically just trying to say that uh, Vancouver's top six is fucking nobody's outside of that top line.
1: But Elias Patterson? Who is he yeah. playing with? Brock Besser, who came back. Brock Besser. Who is Brock fucking Besser on their team? Fucking TJ does.
0: All right, so in the two games that Elias Petterson did come back, he had no points, no stats whatsoever in his first game. He did put out a hit, though. Um, he had two goals on three shots in his last game, which is something like, dude, this guy scores on so many of his shots. He had three shots, two goals, and three blocks. Um, 16 shots all day this year and seven goals. So that's like a forty, you know, forty-three and change or whatever shooting percentage. Um,
1: unsustainable. But yeah, there's that, gonna there's a lot of unsustainable shit going on this year.
0: Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff so early in the year. Um, yeah, Brock Besser. So he's playing top line with Pedersen, like we said. Um, he had one assist in their last game against Minnesota. Five shots in the two games since he missed, and he's a plus two. So I mean, there's there's not much else to talk about. Brock Besser to me is a one of the guys that you just set it and forget it, leave him in your lineup. So I just picked Mike Green up today, and I'll get on. I and... love
1: I love Mike Green. He yeah. was always one of my favorite people to pick up, and and uh, he's pretty handsome. He's got a nice smile. Yeah, he's I don't a good know, I don't I don't, know, I don't know how he has all them teeth. I don't you know, know what, how he, he does.
0: Reminds them. me of um, just in a roundabout way the the picture of his on ESPN. It kind of reminds me of Mac from Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
1: He does kind of look like Mac.
0: Yeah. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Fucking Mac. Um, But anyway, he played two games, logging big minutes. Um, He had five shots in his first game back. He was a minus one and no, no offense to speak of, but he did get on the score sheet in their last game against Dallas. He handed out an assist, three shots and had three hits to boot on that one. Um, So he's got four hits and a block in the two games that he's been back and one assist. So he is getting top power play time, even though the second power play unit is technically getting more time right now. So I guess Denny Cholo still has what we can call. Yeah. I was going to you know, say, what, is, what does that equipment. mean for our
1: boy, our boy, Jenny, Danny motherfucking Cholo.
0: So, I mean, Cholo's still doing good. He, uh, he logged bigger minutes in the game back and he did get an assist on the power play in the game that Mike Green went scoreless. Um, he only had one shot, so he's still getting power play time. And they do have a pretty even 50-50, and sometimes, like has been happening, um, the second unit will get more time than the first. So I don't know. I like Danny Cholo. Uh, He's not playing with Larkin, which I guess Larkin or Nyquist on that top unit. But he's still getting guys like Andreas Athanasiu, who's not going to be playing tonight. Um, Who's out? Yeah, he's out. Um, And, you know, just some other guys that are kind of quality. So it's not the unit you want to be on per se, but it's still pretty even for what Detroit can do. Alex Don't worry, Danny. this is your guy. So he's got seven shots, two assists. He's plus two. How about that?
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. It is another one of my guys. I'm happy to have him back, and that's Ale- Alex Galchenyuk. He's actually been on my IR since the fucking season goddamn started, but he did post two assists in his return and five shots against uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday, um, through three games played. He has those those two assists, but he's going to move into that top line. I'm excited for him to be back. I'm sure all owners of Galchenyuk are. The whole thing is, Arizona has such fucking problems scoring. Hopefully, Galchenyuk can be throwing some shots on net. In those three games, he's only had seven shots. Come on, dude. Get in there. Throw some Throw some pucks on nets.
0: Yeah, it's it's not terrible. I mean, in the last game he had five. So if he was going with that one, 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 yeah. one, like one yeah. shot again. One him one, one, five. So he is under fifty percent in both Yahoo and ESPN. So I'm thinking somebody um looking for a center or a left wing, uh, he's dual eligible. So this is something you can jump on, uh, top line, top power play in a um in a surging Arizona team. So I'm looking at him. Uh if you didn't have him, I would. So He's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. Uh, next oh, yeah, up. He,
1: he's he's worth keeping. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll find out how it goes. Oh, yeah. uh, next up, we got Michael Neuvert. The uh, yeah. the goalie situation in Philly is abysmal it's right bad. now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Carter Hart isn't exactly uh, throwing it to the wind down in the NH, uh, AHL, but we have Michael Neuvert right now. Um, he Let's just say he did very poorly in his return to action.
0: He shit the bed. Um,
1: yeah, he okay. He he shit the bed. There there was a brown stain on the ice, Ugh. right on the back of the right on the back of the blue paint. Um, six to one versus the fucking Isles. Oh my God, Jesus. we hate the Islanders too. Oh, come time. on, Noy Neu- come on, Neubert pick that shit up. Uh, he posted a seven twenty seven against the Islanders. He made sixteen saves on twenty one shots. That cannot happen. You're gross. making you're making Brian Elliott look real fucking good right now, uh, but yeah. in in general, uh, Philadelphia's ha- they have major problems, major yeah. problems between the, the defense.
0: Pipes. The defense needs to start like protecting their goalie a little bit better. They are one of the worst um, at diminishing the shots and the diminishing the shot value for their goalies. Um, it's just it's not good all around. Something something's got to give. We're not going to get into that fire the coach shit. But um, anyway, another goalie here is Scott Darling. He is slated to play tonight. So we're going to get our first look at him. He backed up uh, Peter Mrazek in his last start. Um, Scott Darling, good to go. We're going to get a we're going to get a taste of Darling tonight. And hopefully um, hopefully he can keep that Carolina train going. I mean, he was shit last year, but we'll see.
1: You know, in all honesty, Peter Morasic has done a lot better for the Canes down here than he ever did for us up in Pennsylvania. Um,
0: Peter Morasic has
1: looked really fucking good, actually, to be totally (laughs) honest with you. Like, he's been making some hard fucking saves, and they don't exactly have the best defense in the world. They've been letting up a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of breakaways, and Peter Morasic has been on top of it. So, I mean, I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm impressed with you, Morassic, uh, at least down here, because, I mean, I see a lot of Canes games down here, especially being at work because it's always fucking on. Uh, but then again, I'm in charge of the TVs at the bar. So uh, I piss off a lot of people because they're like, hey, how are you not going to have the World Series game on? And I'm like, because there's eight fucking hockey games on, where do I have room for a World Series game on?
0: Yeah, you gotta need I need all these TVs. Go to a different bar. Get out of here. Uh, Next up, we got Seth Jones. He is logging big, big minutes. Um,
1: As he should. Yes.
0: So he was getting over like 25 minutes in his first game back. Since coming back, he has been playing um, second power play time. He did get a taste of the first unit, but most of his time has been on the second unit. Zach Varensky looks good in the interim. Um, So I don't think they're going to change things up too soon, but eventually that spot will be his. And probably pretty soon. Let me get Seth Jones.
1: So would you say he got a big taste of the first PP time?
0: He He's going to taste that PP very soon. Since he's gotten back, he's got nine shots, one goal, um, one hit, and seven blocks. So just doing Seth Jones things. I mean, he's one of the top ten, top five uh, defensemen out there. Um, and I think Torts is just waiting for a reason to get Jones back up until the onto that top unit. Yeah. Somebody we touched on already is Alex Tuck. Um, yeah. He's got two goals. I think it was in that, in that one um, he doesn't have patches. He doesn't have stats on that second line. Um, so I'm not going to pull the trigger, you know, immediately, but for like week long ads or anything, but that like that. Um, but if you're playing DV, DFS or if he, he's playing a really, um, really nice matchup against maybe a team that has a real piss poor penalty kill, like the Flyers, um, he could be good for a daily stream. He has been proving me wrong playing playing with guys like Eric Hola and Thomas Heike. He had those two goals. He had um, a couple really impressive moves. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't need guys like Stasny or Patch to boost his numbers. I don't know. I'm t- Things I'm t- are going to get better.
1: I am telling you, dude. I said this He's to so you last low on. Alex, Alex Alex Tuck is gonna be a fucking star one day. Like yeah, he really is
0: Oh boy, Minnesota is gonna be pissed.
1: In three in three games in three games played, he has two goals, one assist, 16 fucking shots. And it's not like it's it's not like his shoot, shooting percentage is out of the world. I know it's only three games. I, I get that. It's only three games, but his shooting percentage is 12.5. That's incredibly doable. That's yeah. not unsustainable. He can definitely hold that down. And he, and he helps out with other things. As we said earlier, I mean, he he's a big fucking dude. He has two blocks and five shots. There, I mean, there's not a ton of forwards that are going to be out there really getting a ton of hits. You know what I mean? He has more than a hit a game, almost a block a game, and he's at 18 and a half minutes yeah. average time on ice. Like, come so on.
0: He's getting come that. On.
1: He's going to be good. I'm, t- I'm telling you.
0: Uh, Dustin Brown is the last guy we want to talk about now. Um, 35% owned in Yahoo. He's ranked 666 right now as the season rank, which is kind of neat. He logged 22 and a a quarter minutes in his return, had a power play goal, three shots, seven hits, and a block in uh, the 4-3 win over New York, Um, one of the few wins that L.A. has seen. And it came in the first game that Dustin Brown came back. So start playing in the parade L.A., Dustin Brown is going to win it for you guys. Um,
1: Hopefully that know. really helps Kopitar.
0: Yeah, Kopitar has been not great so far, huh? Um, let's start talking about some of these line changes um, that have been happening around the NHL. Um, Arizona, what do you got? So we kind
1: of already talked a little bit about Kyle Chenyuk. Uh, he's been assigned to that top line with Dick Panic and Clayton Keller. Uh, so that that's going to bring Derek Step on. Back down to the second line with Perlini and Christian Fisher. So Kalchenyuk is also going to top, uh, slot into that top power play with Clayton Keller, Derek Stepan, Oliver Ekman-Larsson, and Christian Fisher. Um, he's under fifty percent owned in ESPN and Yahoo. So like we were saying before, if he's out there in your league, I'd pick him up. I mean, how? Why would you not want somebody that's on a top line and a top power play? I know and he has thirty goal
0: football. upside on the waiver wire.
1: Yeah, I I know that he plays on Arizona, but somebody's got to score goals. And playing with Caton Keller, who is a dynamic young scorer, Galchenyuk is also going to score goals and get assists off of Keller. Um, And with somebody like Oliver ekman Larson backing you up behind you, who is a great offensive defenseman, they're going to find their way. I guarantee it.
0: Things are going to start, you know, ironing themselves out in – Arizona, I mean, they haven't been bad to start the year, so this is only going to get better.
1: Just score yeah. goals. They just need to score Ant- goals. Anti-Ronto wants you to score some goals, people.
0: Yeah, that's how you win games. Just get more points than the other team, or at least that's what I've heard. Uh, Buffalo, big ones here. Jack Eichel is now playing with Jeff Skinner and Jason Pominville. Since they have been put together, they have combined for seven goals. And, I mean, in – Just putting these guys together kind of looks like a case of dumb luck, but in any case, there's no shot that they're going to break this up. I mean, it's working like it is, seven goals since they've been together. Um, Shiri, Sabaka, and Reinhardt is now the second line. I'm thinking Connor Sherry is now droppable. Um, He's not on the top power play, um, although Rasmus Dahlin is now. Um, So Pommonville is on that top unit too, so I'm looking at Pommonville. Buffalo's got four games this week. Um, I know it's already kind of like late in the week, but Pommonville is definitely somebody to have on your radar. And, uh, this is a good week to do it. Um, so there's some even, even strength line changes. There's some power play line changes. There's a lot of moving parts here in Buffalo. Reinhardt also got moved down to the second power play unit, but I have him, um, in a higher, in higher value tier than I do for Connor Sherry Thompson, middle stat knock is the third line. Um, it's worth noting that Middlestat had under 10 minutes of time on ice against the Blue Ugh. Jackets Ugh. and that their line mates like they got outshot by such a wide margin that that's probably the reason that at even strength he only played like I think it's almost 6 minutes 407 of Middlestat's time on ice was on the power play so um Arposo and Thompson didn't break 12 minutes either but uh yeah dude they're they're just getting outshot like crazy I think it was like four shots for and 15 shots against for middle stat or something like that, where the course he was like 20%. It's just brutal.
1: I um, will say this. James, <laughs> Jason, Jason had a hell of a start to the season um, and has worked his way up to that top line.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, it.
1: I'll give it to him. I'm not a huge Jason Pominville fan, but he worked his way to that top line
0: <laughs> and the population of Pominville. What the hell does that guy say? You remember the, the, uh,
1: the Buffalo did.
0: Yeah, this Buffalo sportscaster, he's like, yeah, oh geez. Um, anyway, out of Calgary, um, they're trying to shake things up after they got fucking mollywopped by the Penguins. Um, Elias Lin, Elias Lindholm, I, I always get those two assholes confused. It's gonna fuck me Eli- up so much.
1: Elias Patterson and Elias Lindholm.
0: Yeah, that's gonna screw me up. Um, so Sam Bennett moved up to the top line now, and Lindholm is centering Ooh. the third line in Calgary. And just as I fucking traded for him, I got um, I forget what the hell happened. I gave Yandel and uh, somebody else. But I got R&H and Lindholm back thinking like, oh, cool, I get two top liners. But then he gets sent down to the third line right away. So um, they're looking for something to do there. I mean, I would think then instead of Sam Bennett that it would have been James Neal in, on the second line. But James
1: um, Neal has had an abysmal start to the season, though. Dude,
0: he's just getting buried on that third line. He's, he's fucking doing
1: Austin. horrible.
0: Austin Zarnick is ahead of you in the depth chart. Come on, man. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Bill Peters, um, he's got some tweaking to do, just to say the least.
1: Yeah, James Neal, if there's anybody in front of you that has a silent C in their name, then then you're not looking too good. Yeah.
0: Um, Lindholm is still, however, getting top power play time. James Neal is um, also getting top power play time, which is kind of strange. And they moved Matthew Kachuk down to the second unit. So just a couple power play updates there. Um, let me check real quick. Because since, since I wrote this, the, the lines in Chicago might have changed. But Brandon Saad, yep, still playing on the second line. Um, so Brandon Saad, he has resurfaced to kind of trick us all into thinking that he is fantasy relevant again. But really, um, let's look at it. How many games False. was it? How many games ago False. was it that he was being healthy scratched? And um, But since then, he has um, seen a substantial bump in ice time. He has three out of his four points so far, uh, two goals, um, both of which were against Anaheim, where he put up seven shots, one shorthanded and one on the power play. Um, but since then, he has one shot in each of his games following. I just want to make sure that's still up to date because I did write this a couple days ago. Still a free agent, 19% owned. Yeah, so since his um, since then, he has seven shots, one shot, one shot, and two shots, and still only three points to speak of. So I'm thinking that the, this that this line shakeup is gonna be short lived, although he does look good and this is kind of why why they traded for him in the first place. The Panarin Facade deal has never looked worse than it does right now. I'm thinking it's it's gotta be close. I mean, what are they gonna do? They're eventually gonna put Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays together and go full Dallas on this one, right? Mm-hmm. Say that again? Do you think they're going to go full Dallas and just put Patrick Kane on the top line and then fuck the rest of them? Just give like 27 minutes to the top line and then cross their fingers for the other 33 minutes?
1: I don't know about that. I mean, I like Anisimov playing with Kane. Uh, Anisimov is just one of those like gritty hard-nosed players that kind of does all that dirty work while Patrick Kane can just skate around on the ice. But Anisimov does all those like Little things that people that don't know about hockey don't really notice. But if you watch him play the game, he, he does all that all that extra kind of shit. Yeah, um, he was a real quiet player. I will say this. My whole idea of, oh, I'm going to draft Alex DeBrinket to play with Patrick Kane. Well, that hasn't worked out too well. Yeah. Luckily, Luckily, well, it's actually worked out very well. It just didn't work out for why I thought it would work out. Alex DeBrincat is really looking to turn into his own player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's he's up on up there on top left wingers in the entire league. So I don't think that they will do that because Brandon Saad at least does have history with Patrick Kane, and I think I think they'll work it out.
0: Yeah. Um. Just another thing on Alex DeBrincat, he did get moved down to the second power play. Um. Where's Brenn is also playing um, with Eric Gustafsson? Uh L. Johnson, somebody I've never heard of. Um Jonathan Taze, the first unit is then Schmaltz and Isimov Kane with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook going three and two on the top unit there. Um, you know, so it just kind of seems like they're trying to split up their power plays a little bit. Um
1: which is kind of smart, but I mean you really it,
0: That was always their bread and butter is the the power play. So I don't I don't know why they don't just stack the top one. Um,
1: I almost feel like the second power play unit looks better than the first power play unit, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, you put Patrick Kane on the second power play unit, and that one is fucking top notch. Like, oh yeah, that's a one. Um, all right, so this is this one's just kind of like uh, Ty Raddy went down, something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and Kyler Yamamoto is moved up to the top line with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of Edmonton. Um, the Which second you line, called-
1: you called that shit.
0: I, yeah, I thought, I mean, to be honest, like I didn't see this as the way that it was going to happen. I thought he was just going to beat out Ty Ratty. I didn't think it was going to take an injury for that to happen. But right now, it's definitely a good time for Yamamoto to audition his skill set. He's a fast kid. He can keep up with Conor McDavid. He's got good hands. He's not the biggest type of guy. And you're playing with Conor McDavid, who's known to not be physical, and Ryan Newton Hopkins, who doesn't even break 5'10", I don't think. So he's not, like, imagine a, uh, a game in which they play L.A., and you got Dustin Brown just pushing Connor McDavid around. Who's going to stand off for him? It's going to be Clefbaum, Adam Larson. It's probably going to be Adam Larson, but it's not going to be RH. It's definitely not going to be fucking Polly Pocket Yamamoto. It's not going to be any of these guys. So that is a really small line, but it's a really fast line. So if you want to hit him, you got to catch him. Um, Ty Rowdy's week to week. Uh, the second line is Tobias Reeder, Leon Settle, and Alex Chason. And Chason has been on fire lately. He's got three goals in four games played. He doesn't really have much else going on for him. He only got three shots in those same four games. He does hit here and there, but um, I can't see him having any relevance in the long term. This is more of like a week to week kind of streamer kind of guy. Um, Florida, you're one of your favorite teams, man. Um, so why do the Panthers hate Mike Hoffman? Any idea?
1: I, I don't know. It, right now, he's on that, the third line one, with Frank
0: Fucking Petrano.
1: That's one thing that didn't work out for me was the whole Mike Hoffman. I really had high
0: hopes for him. And, I mean, he did have that four-game goal streak, and I'm not sure if that's still going on. He's playing second power play time, third-line minutes with fucking for, uh, Frankie V. Um, yeah, he, he yeah, alone – he's still in the midst of that four-game 4, four game, um, goal, goal streak here. Eight shots, two shots, seven shots, two shots. He that's alone kind of like, hasn't uh,
1: been playing poorly – but still, like you said, he's gotten dropped down to the third line. He's gotten dropped down to the second power play unit, playing with that meathead fucking Frank Petrano. Nick said who I actually like. Aaron Ekblad, who has had a very poor start to the season, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Mc- you got
0: Mike, Mike Hoffman, Mc- who's been fucking otherworldly, and like they just keep moving him down the death chart. Like I yeah, said, had I, I, honestly, had shots, 10 I really shots in two him. games. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, I really, I honestly, I don't get it either because Mike Hoffman has not been playing poorly by any means. Why is Colton Skeevy fucking ahead of you?
0: I have no idea. Maybe they're trying to go for the top nine, but we, this was something that so many people in the hockey community were talking about before the preseason is like on paper, this was the scariest top six. In I like, was
1: so excited. I yeah. was so excited. Like There was
0: not one person yeah. like, Nick Bugstad was maybe the bottom rung of this one, and he's still like a 55-point guy on his own. And that's
1: the thing. Mike Hoffman is still a better right winger than fucking Mike Hoffman. <laughs> Colton Skevier is a fourth liner playing on the fucking second line. Yeah, so... And Mike sure. Hoffman is a first liner playing on the third line.
0: He's getting a good break, and Colton Skevier hasn't done anything with his time. Um, Screw you, Colton. Yeah, he's been held pointless in the last four, so I really don't think this is going to stick... But for I some not. reason, Mike Hoffman's just in the fucking doghouse down there, and it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. The second power play, it like we were saying, it's not, it's not a showstopper, but it's not, it's not bad. But you still knows, maybe. want him to get on that Barkov Huberdeau Trocheck line, you know?
1: Maybe but Mike Hoffman's girlfriend is pissing people off again
0: already. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you got out of L.A. You got Dustin Brown. He has been. Uh, practicing on the top line with Kopitar and I follow. Um, that 70s line is together on the second line. That's uh, Tanner Pearson, Jeff Carter, and Tyler Tofoli. And they got fucking Ilya Kovalchuk on the third line with Mike Amadio and Trevor Lewis. So nothing has really been as expected in LA. I'm thinking these lines are going to change. Like from shift to shift, they change. And I'm not exactly sure why they're not putting uh, the very expensive Kovalchuk on the top line and why they're putting him in the third line. I mean, I I follow. Has he has he been doing like really well? Nobody on the Kings has been doing really well, so maybe they're trying to spark something or get some real serious depth scoring from Kovalchuk. But I know Kovalchuk shoots a lot. Um, he's got a snipe on him, so you would have to think that the the right thing to do there would be to to stack the top line.
1: As far as Kovalchuk owners go, at least he still is on the po- top power play, uh, which is a good thing to say the least but yeah he did get bumped off that top line and i was surprised to see that myself
0: he did just put up a three-point night Ilya kovalchuk
1: fuck yeah Um, he did
0: so right there playing against
1: the guy that had him
0: and two (laughs) two of them were on the power play so um he obviously looks good on the power play we need to see a little more out of at even strength out of him to uh to consider putting him on the top line i guess but i mean i follow Ayafalo is riding a three game pointless streak, and then he had a three game point streak before that where he put up three assists, one in each game. Um, has not been shooting whatsoever. He had 1 1 1, 2 2 2, 3 0 as far as shots go. Like, just going back, like it's not great. So, I don't know why they have Ayafalo Col- uh, up there, but that's what it is. Um, so, you were saying you had Nito Niederreiter Rider in one of your uh, cold streak segments. And that's weird because he has been getting top line and top power play time with uh, Eric Stahl and Jason Zucker.
1: Yeah, but he certainly hasn't come out and set the world on fire by any means.
0: Yeah, he's still seeing like crazy limited ice time. He's got two assists in three games. It's nothing like out out of the left field. It's just maybe they're trying to spark him by putting him up on the top line. It's just not working. So Desi is... Not letting me do anything. What is it, Bubba? I know. Daddy, Daddy's trying to do something. <laughs> what? You want to say hi to Zach? Come here, Bubba.
1: Hey, Dez. He can't hear me. Bubba. Hi. Hey. Say hi. Hey, little man. You going to wave hi to me?
0: He's pulling me away.
1: Yeah, he wants you to come
0: with him. Hopefully he goes... Finds Mama. You want to go find Mama? You want to go find Mama? No. You want to try these on? No. All right. So I think we left off at um, the New York Rangers. Right. No, I
1: think we left off at Nito Nito rider
0: Yeah, we were talking about him. He's still seeing limited ice time. He got those two assists in um, his last few games. He's not really doing anything like special, but um.
1: Okay, I don't know. we can we can move on to Rangers.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's definitely time to cut bait with Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, He lost his top power play quarterback position. Uh, Neil Pionk is now that guy. I don't know, man. Shattenkirk was so hot a couple years ago like when he was in St. Louis and then kind of cooled off when he went to Washington and then just has been a non-factor in New York. Yeah,
1: then he got that big deal with New York, and it just went downhill quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, he even gave them – that hometown discount didn't really take the biggest contract out there because that's who we wanted to play for. But <sighs> he's he's not he's not doing it. Um, definitely time to cut bait with him.
1: TJ, do you, do you know who picked up Neil Pionk?
0: <clears throat> did you? Do it? What's that? Who did it?
1: Yours truly.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let me know how it works out.
1: It's been working out just fine, man. It's been working out just fine. How long have you it? Of- uh, what is that?
0: What do you got? Desi is super awake and ready to go, um, so we might have a, a visitor here and there. Everybody, uh, he just handed me a dustbin. This pink dustbin
1: is is he gonna be is he gonna be doing
0: some dusting? I don't think so. We we put um, his matchbox cars in it and then like toss it up and down, kind of like um, a lacrosse thing where you just catch. I don't know. Um. All right, so how about the New York Islanders, man? Now you got Barzell and Eberle have finally been they have finally been re- reunited. And uh, Eber- and Eberle-,
1: Eberle needs it too.
0: Yeah, he he's kind of like eh, I mean, everybody in that top six I would think is um <clears throat> is worth rostering. Like that,
1: okay, right? so like you were saying, Bavillier <laughs> yeah, is he, the third piece, and Anders Lee. Brock Nelson and Bailey make up that second line. Brock Nelson, who has been coming on as of late, especially this past week, we'll see how that rolls. I actually wanted to pick him up the one day, and then I talked myself out of it. And, of course, he scored a goal that night. I was super pissed. I even texted TJ about it. Um, was just, that the game they were
0: playing the Flyers in? No.
1: No, no. it was not. Um, it was actually, like, uh, two games before that. It was it was earlier in that weekend. Um and then Andre's Lee's got
0: like 11 points in 10 games. He's, he's looking good too.
1: However, if Everly is available, um, I might give him a chance considering he's on that top uh, line with Barcel, who really isn't shooting much this year um, with eight shots in nine games, which, well...
0: I think it's nine and ten now.
1: Oh, nine and ten. Um, Everly is obviously going to do a bit better just being player being playing with better teammates, such as Matthew Barsall. So I would give him a flyer. I would at least pick him up to see how he's doing for the day, maybe even the week, and who knows? Maybe he'll be a Holt.
0: Out of St. Louis, the Schwartz, this one's hard to say. Schwartz, Shen, and Senko. Uh, that line is finally back together. Uh, Zach Sanford is playing with Ryan O'Reilly and, and David Perron. Uh, they make up that second line. Tyler Bozak is centering Alexander Steen and Pat Maroon on the third line. And just your weekly Vince Dunn update, he is still on the top power play. So pick him up. Um, I did. It's paying off. He's got four points in his last three games, five points in five games. Definitely worth an ad. Only 5% in ESPN, 8% in Yahoo. Uh, That's only going to skyrocket. He's not exactly one for hits and blocks, but he can shoot, and he's going to give you that offense. So he's worth rostering in your points leagues. Um, If you need some offense out of your defenseman in your category leagues, he's worth a shot, um, and he'll give you the shoots. The shots.
1: Oh, he'll give you the shoots. Yeah, sweet. Because I need some shoots on my team.
0: How about you take Toronto, man? That's your uh, number two team.
1: Okay, so following the Matthews exit, I mean, we kind of we kind of went over this pretty well earlier. But with that top line is going to be Marlow, kadri and Marner. Uh, second line, Hyman, Tavares, and Kapanen. And honestly, those top two lines they kind of switch back and forth of who's the top line, who's the bottom line, or yeah. who's the second line. You know what I mean? Like, they really are kind of interchangeable. Um, the Marner playing on the, with Kadri and Marlowe is really kind of surprising considering how well he's done with Tavares, but I think they really need to kind of <laughs> mix things up with Matthews being out. That third line, however, is going to be uh, Tyler Ennis, Par Lindholm, and Connor Brown.
0: And they did eventually take up, uh, bring up Andreas Jonsson. He's the left wing on the third line between with Lynn Holman Brown. Uh, Tyler Ennis is now the fourth line left wing with Gauthier and Lievo.
1: And I like Josh Lievo too. They kind of they kind of throw him in there sometimes when uh, <clears throat> in the middle of games and kind of give him some time with the top unit, which I always like. Uh, now is he worth a daily stream? Uh It depends on what you're looking at, but sometimes I would say yes. But I'm actually a big fan of Josh Lievo. I think he's a good young player. <clears throat> now, out of Washington, Jakob Verana, Newest piece on that top line with uh Kuznetsov and Ovi. Hey, yeah, TJ, you know who picked up Jakob Varana?
0: That was you, man. That was before he was on the top line, so that was Fuck. definitely good foresight. Fuck yeah, it was. So in his last four games he's got two goals, two assists, um, seven shots. He is a plus 2 and I mean he logged a um, a season high 17:36 in his last game against Calgary. Um, a few games before that he's logging like you know 14 and a half, 14 minutes, 13 minutes. He's not doing too hot. Um, he doesn't get much even strength or uh, power play time as that first unit takes up pretty much an hour. Or not an hour, a minute and 59 seconds out of two. So he's not going to get much power play points, but at even strength, there's no two better players in the NHL to play with than Kuznetsov and Ovechkin.
1: Damn straight. And I'm glad that worked out because I already have Kuzzy. And really, that one two punch is, is going to be a big yeah, deal, especially because you having Ovechkin, I'm sure you would have snagged him in a fucking second.
0: Yeah, you were a little quicker on the draw on that one. Um, all right, so our last line change to talk about right now is the Winnipeg Jets, um, who have since changed it, and that kind of seems to be the way they they do things over there. They move a lot of things. Um, Patrick Kleine, he saw a fourth-line shift or two. Slow
1: start. Oh, yeah, big-time slow start.
0: Um, right now, he is slated on the third line with Brendan Tanev and Adam Lowry. Um, the top six there right now is Nikolai Ehlers with Shifley and Wheeler, Kyle Connor with Little and Perreault. Um, apparently Perot is just playing with like a crazy amount of tenacity right now that coach Paul Maurice is really impressed with him. Um, so he's, uh, he's got, he's got some fire in his eyes to say the least. And you got Patrick line. I mean, obviously he's still on the number one power play and Ehlers is still on the second with little Perot, Morrissey and Truba. Yeah. It's a slow start for Patrick line. things are going to work themselves out. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's by low time, right? It's buy low time on him. It's buy low time on Stamkos, on uh, Patcharetti. Like it, there's no more buy low time than right now for Patcharetti. If you have an IR spot available, um, that that's the way I would go on patches. But I don't know. Um, it
1: definitely is buy low time on Patrick Linea, but it is not sell low time.
0: No, no, you'll get a shit return for that one. He was he was a second round draft pick in most leagues. Um, Might have even went to your third round, but.
1: You you will certainly rue the day that you traded Patrick Line. But I mean, for think of this.
0: If uh if you can talk up a Mika Zibanejad who has been scoring goals at like a crazy rate, he's got like five shots a game. I think he has like forty five shots in eleven games or some shit.
1: I will um, veto on, I will buddy. veto that I will veto that trade.
0: Oh no, that I mean if you can you can talk somebody into it, but um is getting four more minutes time on ice than he ever has on average. Um, hold on, buddy. Daddy's got to talk about Mika Zavennajad. I know, I know, the Rangers suck. Yeah, I know. Nobody
1: really wants to talk about Mika Zavennajad.
0: But if you can pull
1: off, if you Who can pull that off. Life?
0: But anyway, if you, if you can make a trade like that, that that could be something that you can go after a Michael Ferland, even like oh send one God. of these, send one of these guys, even like. Gabriel Landeskog, I would I would do a Landeskog for line A trade in a heartbeat. Um, I
1: would I would approve that trade.
0: Yeah, that, that's I would a little more. That train. But I mean, even Zibanejad, he's top line, top power play. Well, Patrick Laine, he's, he's on the third line right now. This is somebody you. I mean, you're moving up in the depth chart, man. You really <laughs> want Zibanejad, right? Come on, I could see somebody pulling off that kind of trade and maybe just like talking them into it. There are bad trades that happen in the NHL all the time. I think that veto. I mean, obviously when Randy did it a couple of weeks ago, that was yeah, he picked two people up off the waiver wire and traded it for Tyler Sagan. That was bullshit. That was there's some kind of collusion going on there. So that's worth vetoing. But
1: maybe you should just drop all your players.
0: Yeah. Rage quit. Just throw the controller at the fucking wall. Um All right. So since it is later in the week, we're gonna skip the weekly schedule, like talk about um like what teams have the best schedule, what teams have the worst, because it's already halfway through the week by the time this episode gets up. What do you say we wrap it up? Fair enough. All right, guys. So that's all we got for you this week. Um,
1: actually, real quick, I want to do a yeah. quick shout out to one of my home hometown guys down here, Sebastian Ajo, who is currently on a eleven game point streak.
0: Fucking right. Possibly sell
1: a high. possibly a sell high candidate. There you go. However, just remember. Uh, everything runs through Sebastian Aho, Aho down here in Raleigh, uh, everything. They run their offense through him. They run their power play through him. He's he's looking damn good. Uh, at the beginning of the year when they were talking about trading away the entire fucking farm, they said there's only one player that isn't tradable, and that is Sebastian Aho. And, and, there's, and there's one damn good reason. Yeah. That, uh, I'll give it to him. That kid is a fucking star. He yeah. is strong, and his legs are fucking tree trunks. He puts a lot. He have you ever seen his legs? He looks like Sebastian, no. or he looks uh, Sebastian. Ahu looks like fucking Vladimir Tarasenko.
0: Oh yeah, that's who I was gonna say too. He's got strong legs,
1: dude. Vladimir Ta- Tarasenko's legs are like tree trunks, dude. Fucking a. Uh, and Sebastian Ahu is is a good player. I've been very impressed. Uh, their early year. Um, Uh, their early here doing well streak is just it's a big part because of him. So, way to go Sebastian Ajo. Way to go Hurricanes. Um, Let's see how Scott
0: Allen does for you tonight.
1: Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. I think they'd rather have Peter Morazic.
0: They gotta try him out. I mean, he came into camp looking so good. They gotta try him, right?
1: We'll find out. I'll be watching the game.
0: There you go. All right, guys, don't forget to get on over to our Twitter at FHFHockey if you guys want to get in contact with us. Um, any trade questions you got, ad drops, um, anything you need in a second opinion on, we're there for you guys. Don't forget to leave us a review if you're digging it. We are on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you guys get in podcasts. Um, so leave us a nice review. That always uh, that always brightens our day. And uh, sometimes we don't have the, the best of days, so it always happens. Um, Tell me about it. Cool. Um so yeah guys we're going to get together on Sunday we're going to get an episode out for you for a full week outlook we will um we're, we're going to review this week see how things went see some of our uh see some of our calls whether or not we were right so that being said we're going to say goodbye we love you guys
1: love you